Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Realm presents Roanoke Falls, Episode 5. I jerk awake on a pile of flea-infested straw. It's been a day since they arrested me for Thomas's murder. My insides are ragged with fear. My thoughts shattered like pieces of broken glass. Pleading a pregnancy has bought me time. Four weeks at the most. I don't even have my beads for comfort. They must have fallen off in the scuffle. What will they do with me? Visitor. I scrabble to my feet. Caleb Jaffers volunteered to guard me, no doubt relishing my fall. He leads James to the front of my cell. The sight of him works like a tonic. James! Careful with this one, blacksmith. She'll hex you. I'll keep that in mind. I thread my hand through the bars and clasp him tightly. Oh, Agnes, what have they done to you? Oh, it looks worse than it is. I hardly notice the bruises. I'm just... so afraid. To hell with speaking ill of the dead. If your husband was still alive, I'd beat him for what he put you through. And in your condition. Did he know about the child? I press my lips together, quickly shake my head. I can't say anything if Caleb is still nearby. Understanding dawns in James's eyes. He knows I lied about being pregnant. It was awful, James. There was so much blood. And the sound he made. I can't hate him. Not after watching him die like that. Did you see what killed him? Yes. I saw the devil. He was just as Hannah and Daniel described. He wanted to make a scene out of our deaths, like Daniel and Mercy. He's deliberate. We're going to hunt this monster down. That's what I came to tell you. I went to the other side of the colony and found three men to help me. They're not part of Thomas's flock. When we haul the demon's carcass back here, there will be proof... They'll see he has no connection to you, and they'll have to set you free. It's too dangerous to go after him. What if he can't be killed? We can't just sit here and let him pick off the colony one by one. Not you. Let the others go instead. The idea of something happening to you makes me sick, James. And after what we did, the devil will come after you. Who better to beat the devil than one already damned? What else can he do to me? Besides, he hates the pious, remember? Not the bad ones. It's not funny. You won't laugh when you see him face to face. Ah, look, Agnes. I'm a simple man. I don't know the intricacies of good and evil. But all monsters can be killed. I won't let you hang for his crimes. 
Then what? Even if I'm free, I'll still be an outcast, and we're trapped here. Only for a while. The governor just left with a fleet to get help and supplies from England. When he returns, you and I can board the ship. And now that Thomas is gone, we could marry. Either here or at home. Start again. That is, if you'll have me. He passes something through the bars. It's my necklace. He found it. Light glints off the yellow bead. Yellow for hope. I thought you wanted to build a home here in Roanoke. I did. But that was before all of this. Anywhere can be home with the right person. I kiss him through the bars. Yes, I'll have you, James Worthing. And for God's sake, be careful. You've seen what this monster can do. Swear you'll come back safely to me. We'll meet again, Agnes. I promise you that. I don't want to let go of his hand. I tried desperately to commit every line of his face to memory. We'll catch him. You and I will make it through this. Somehow, when James says these things, I believe him. Sleep is the last thing on my mind. I thought I'd feel safer in prison, but behind bars, there's nowhere to run. Hannah's shack didn't save her. <gasps> it's a rat. <laughs> Just a rat. After my bowl of gruel. <sighs> I remember that horrible shrine out in the woods. Aren't rats supposed to be creatures of the Dark One? Can't he command them and take their form? Oh, get a hold of yourself, Agnes. I press my spine hard against the wall, hugging my arms to my chest. <laughs> James won't find the devil in the woods. He's here. That foul smell. All I can do is stare deep into the void until the void starts to look back. Two red circles ignite behind the bars. He's watching me. You can't get in here. Go back to hell. Oh, rancid, hot breath on my face. Soon. Get away from me! I open my eyes. All that's left are rats, swinging from the bars by their tails. It feels like a month since James was here. Not a single night. The sun hasn't risen but the gloom has thinned. <laughs> Obedience? How did you get in here? Shh, we don't have much time. She approaches the cell. Baby Eli nestles in the crook of one arm, his scar angry on his forehead. I've got the keys. I don't move. This must be a trick. Obedience hates me. She'd never do this. What are you doing? I'm letting you go, you fool. The blacksmith told me about the brooch. What? How he found it broken on Prudence's body and took it to fix. 
It was a clever lie for James to invent. That's right, he did. He should have given it to me to put in her grave. You know, I had the greater right, but I guess I could see why he thought it might upset me. Why he asked you to do it instead as a friend. Ugh. My sister did see you as a friend. And I her. Please, obedience. You must know that I would never have hurt Prudence or your son. No, you're probably not that wicked. I remember how useful you were to me when Eli was born on the voyage over. If you'd meant us harm, you would have done something then. I suppose it suited me to think you were a witch. Why else would Thomas have broken our understanding to marry you? That had more to do with Thomas's charity than my merit. There was no spell involved. I realized that. I saw it when Thomas dunked you in the water. You're just a woman. A woman I still don't like very much. So why are you here? For your baby. Thomas wanted a family more than anything. If they keep you in here, you'll either miscarry or they'll take the child the minute it's born. And that's not right. A child shouldn't be parted from its mother. And maybe the Croatone will help you if you go to them. Maybe. But you need to protect yourself too, Obedience. Stay with someone at all times. Make sure they're armed. The devil is ruthless. Hurry! They're not watching. The whole settlement is gathering in the church to pray for help. We need our food to last until the governor returns and... And there's a service for Thomas. I walk through the open door and turn to obedience. I can't touch her, can't hug her. She'd never accept that. Still, I want to give her something. Thank you, obedience. Good luck. Take care of baby Eli. And if I have a daughter, I'll name her for prudence. Obedience almost smiles. On a remote island in Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. The light is still weak. Obedience took a risk in coming to free me alone. I hug the side of the prison building, but I can't see anyone. It's as though the whole settlement has vanished. A few lit torches show the path to the forest. James is somewhere out there, fighting for me. Now that I'm free, we can run anywhere. I have to find him. I touch the necklace he made me. Jean Bolespois. Hope. The branches stretch in my direction, beckoning. I run. The deeper I go, the darker it gets. The trees crowd out the light. James! James! How will I find him in these endless, sprawling woods? I'm knocked off my feet. Oh, my lip is split. I can taste blood. I right myself and look up to see what's hit me. It's a man. He hangs from a noose, but strangulation didn't kill him. There's the cut in his side, straight through his leather jerkin. This time the devil took a lung. Oh, God! 
I see all of them, swaying, rotating slowly. Three bodies strung up on ropes. No! How many men did he say he was taking with him? I can't remember, I can't remember. One by one, I grab the corpse's legs and hold them still. Their faces are agonized, but none of them are James. Oh, thank God. But then I remember. He's left out here alone. No time for sentiment. I strip the corpses for what I can use. Boots, a jacket, a pen knife. Gore drips as I work. Oh, please forgive me. I'm sorry. The boots are too big. But it's better than running barefoot. I know where the devil will be. At the ruined shack. I'm getting closer now. A smell like rotten eggs builds. The darkness unpeels. And I see him. James! He's right there across the water. His back is turned to me. James, it's me! I'm free! But he's too tall. The top of his hat brushes against the leaves. What? I leap over the stream and land on the opposite bank, and everything comes into terrible focus. I'm too late. The devil stands on James's other side. He holds him impaled on his claws. James's boots kick a foot above the scorched earth. Oh, put him down! Blood drips onto an axe and empty musket that lay in the dirt. The devil cocks his skull head. He's still grinning. James! Even as James bleeds out, he motions for me to run. I won't. I make a lunge for the axe. James slides off the devil's claws and lands in a heap. His stomach is pulp, but he's still breathing, still alive. The devil turns and stalks into the woods. Red eyes glare out from his skull, daring me to choose. The axe is in my hands. I could follow and get my revenge, but that would mean leaving James to die here alone. I can't do that. I kneel beside him. James, hold still. I can help you. It's not true. His blood soaks the leaves, taking all my hope with it. Agnes. You can't leave me. I just found you. He tries to take my hand, but his grip is weak. He's so cold. Agnes. Listen. You were never cursed. He's after the church. Just like we thought. The devil was using you to, to, to torment Thomas. But Listen. You're stronger than him, Agnes. You are. His eyes glaze over. He's gone. I cradle his limp body, refusing to believe. He can't be dead. The axe head glints, seems to smile at me. My anger rises again, sharp and honed to a point. Gently, I lay James aside and reach for his axe again. I'll find this demon 
and I'll show him the meaning of hell. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. is written by Laura Purcell, produced by Nicole Otto and Haley Wagreich, and executive produced by John Carpenter, Sandy King Carpenter, and Molly Barton. Performed by India Dupre, Eric T.D., Anthony Garland, Theo Devaney, Jack Hawkins, Stella Balik Carr, Jess Nahikian, Callie Shatara, Kyle McCarley, Craig Robert Young, Caroline Bloom. Audio production and direction by Kaylin West. Sound design by Fred Greenhalge and Rory O'Shea. Additional editing by Corey Barton. Original music by Hashem Asadullahi. With orchestration by Andrew Rowan. Featuring performances by Kevin Devine, Alba Ponce de Leon, Max Kuttner, Carl McComas Reichel, and Peter Brendler. Cover art by Kindle Thomas. Mm-hmm.